0: Chapter four, keep your head up. When I taste the bitter, when I feel the pain from the daily slights, like a spreading stain, from no colors here to whites only there, from the genteel chains that were forced to wear. You're good as anyone, the words my parents say. God has made us equal, our prayers show me the way. Grandmothers always told me, you keep your head up high. These words, those thoughts, this faith, They lift me up. I fly. Chapter 5, My Schools. And um, this quote in the beginning here says it's from the Constitution of Tennessee, Article 11, Section 12. No school established or aided under this section shall allow white and Negro children to be received as scholars together in the same school. Part 1, The Green Makadu Grammar School. Itty-bitty, not real pretty, on our hill, not in the city. Two rooms hold grades one to eight, pretty hard to regulate. So no one blames dear Miss Blair when she shows up behind a chair and whoosh, gives a swat. Not a hit, just a swat, because sheesh, that's the way to shush the boys up. Don't get the wrong idea. Miss Blair loves her students so, but she's got to keep the chit-chat down to teach them what to know. Part 2. What I know about Green Mikado Grammar School, where I walk to school for 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th grades. First, they once called it the Clinton Colored School. Second, it's only for Negro students. Third, it was renamed for Mr. Green L. Mikado. Yes, his first name was Green, who was a Buffalo soldier, which doesn't mean he fought Buffalo but that he was a Black member of the United States Army. Fourth, before Green Mikado, before Clinton Colored School, the Freedmen's Bureau built a school, after the Civil War, on the very same site here on the Hill, also for Negroes only, and white folks burned it down, out of hate, but then it was rebuilt, and the rebuilding was led by two men, one who used to own slaves, and the other who used to be a slave. Fifth, Isn't history strange? Strange as folks. Sixth, Green Makado had no cafeteria, no gymnasium, and no indoor bathrooms until the time I started first grade. The grammar school in town did, and also had separate classrooms for every grade, but that school was whites only, and still is. Seventh, two little classrooms for eight grades of children, outdated books cast off from the whites-only school. Old desks carved so deeply with someone else's initials that your pencil pokes through your paper into the canyon of that carving. None of this is good enough. But eighth, I loved that itty-bitty, not-real-pretty school up on the hill. Part three, last year, Vine Junior High. Ninth grade, not in Clinton, not if you're a Black kid. Negroes want more education? Leave town. This school, far from Clinton, twisty roads to Knoxville, bumps in the ride, lumps in my throat, don't cry. New kids, not so friendly, felt so lost, felt so dumb. Small town girl meets a big city school. I cried, separate, segregated. That's why we were sent here. If race should make me feel at home, it failed. Part four, this year, Austin High School. 10th grade, not in Clinton, not if you're a black kid. Negroes want to go to high school, Knoxville. New school, same bumpy roads, but no more tears for me. I'm stronger than I was before. I'll live. I live. I give it time. I give it I give this place a chance. Big city school and small town girl make friends. Chapter 6. Their school. Clinton High School, a fine-looking building with brick and clean white trim. We walk by it every day on our way to the bus that picks us up to drive us 20 miles on crooked roads that wash out in a storm around the mountain, down the valley to Austin High School for Negroes only over in Knoxville in a whole other county. Clinton High School. Here it is, right here, right close, right down the hill with its solid red brick and clean white trim for white, only, white students only. We walk by it, not to it, because it's their school, big, but not big enough for 12 Negro students who look at it every day, but have never been inside. Now there's um, um, more from the Code of Tennessee here, so a little separate piece of history here or um, primary sources. Section 11395 unlawful for white and colored persons to attend same school. It shall be unlawful for any school, academy, college, or other place of learning to allow white and colored persons to attend the same school, academy, college, or other place of learning. Section 11396, unlawful for teacher to allow such mixed attendance or to teach them in same class. It shall be unlawful for any teacher, professor or educator in any college, academy or school of learning to allow the white and colored races to attend the same school or for any teacher or educator or other person to instruct or teach both the white and colored races in the same class, school or college building or in any other place or places of learning or allow or permit the same to be done with their knowledge, consent or procurement. Section 11397. Violation is a misdemeanor, fine, and imprisonment. Any person violating any of the provisions of this article shall be guilty of a misdemeanor, and upon conviction shall be fined for each offense $50, an imprisonment not less than 30 days, nor more than six months. The Code of Tennessee. Chapter 7. Hours. January 1956. There is no Mr. Brown versus Board like there is Mr. Green L. Makadu, but there is Brown versus Board of Education. It's a ruling by the Supreme Court of the United States, and it says separate schools for black kids and white kids are unconstitutional. It says segregation in education is so unequal, so unfair, that it's against the law, not just any old law, but the highest law in the whole country. That is, The United States Constitution. Brown versus Board is law, higher than the laws in Clinton that say there are white schools and black schools. Brown versus Board makes those rules against the rules. Here's the thing Brown versus Board isn't news to any of us. The Supreme Court made this ruling back in 1954, but the leaders of Clinton have been acting as though it were the law for other people in other places, not for us. Not for our town. So here we are in the new year of 1956. We black high school kids still riding a bus to a faraway black school, leaving Clinton High behind in the rearview mirror, white as it's always been. But here's what's new: Judge Taylor over in Knoxville has told Clinton's officials they that they can't ignore Brown versus Board anymore. Clinton High School must be integrated, not someday, but eventually. But in the next fall term. Oh, sorry, not someday, not eventually, but in the next fall term. It will be ours, blacks and whites, desegregated, not segregated. Ours, theirs, mine. And some more primary source quotes here. No state shall, dot, uh, dot, 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 deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws from the United States Constitution, Amendment 14, adapted 1868. We conclude that in the field of public education, the doctrine of separate but equal has no place. Separate educational facilities are inherently unequal. United States Supreme Court decisions of May 17th, 1954 in Brown versus Board of Education. It is the opinion of this court that desegregation as to high school students in that country should be affected by a definite date and that a reasonable date should be fixed as one, not later than the beginning of the fall term of the present year of 1956. And that's the ruling of Judge Robert L. Taylor of January 4, 1956, applying to the rule of Brown versus Board to Clinton, Tennessee and Clinton High School. And then the last part of this part one says there is a front, front page banner headline in the Clinton Courier newspaper, January 5th, 1956, that says integration of county high schools is ordered by start of 1956 school year.